Good morning uh, and uh, welcome to Race Industry Now, the technical and business webinar series uh, from Epar Trade. I am Francisque Savinien, the founder and CEO, and with me this morning will be uh, Judy King. I'll see uh, Judy uh, get, getting on and uh, Jeff Hammond. Good morning, Jeff. How are you today? Good morning, Francis. How about you? You doing good out there in California? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. We are delighted. Uh, uh, today we have a double feature. Mm -hmm. So first, we're going to be talking engine management system with the great people from FuelTech. And uh, then at 10 o'clock, our good friends from uh, Racer.com, Marshall Pritt, will be joining us. And we have a special on the Indy 500. And uh, Marshall and Paul Fanner have assembled a panel of great, uh, uh, you know, great people, Sebastian Bourdais, uh, you know, Colton Herta, they first from uh, from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, so we're delighted uh, to have that special, uh, uh, you know, section with Racer. Good morning, Judy. How are you? Good morning, Francis and Jeff. Uh, good morning. Well, I just want to say thank you, a huge thank you, Jeff Hammond, and and to Brad Gilly for speaking about us last night on your show on the Late Shift. And honestly, I got up this morning. We had so much reg registration. Um, Companies I've reached out to, and they are finally just jumping on board. So thank well, you. I mean, that's uh, that's great news, and uh, I don't know. Maybe it's fitting that this is Memorial Day weekend. Big races around the world. The racing industry is thriving, and Epartrate's right there in amongst all of that. So I think it's just uh, a sign that racing is back. And, and the fans are back. And I, I think that's something that should be very comforting to all of us who make a living and love the sport of auto racing. Absolutely. Very well said, Jeff. Thank you very much. It's an honor to have you and Brad Gilly as a you know, host every week. So I'm getting a signal from our producer, Reed Keneski, who is going to be bringing uh, Luis De Leon from FuelTech. Uh, now, FuelTech is a company I have known for about 15 years from my old days at PRI. And uh, it started in Brazil. And, uh, and, you know, I have seen them coming to the U.S. market and do incredibly well. In the last five and 10 years, they have basically brought new technology, a wonderful product, a terrific team. Um, I've been trying to get them on the tech webinar earlier on, but we couldn't make it work and we finally can make it work. So Luis is with us. Good morning, Luis. Good morning, good morning, guys. Okay, excellent. So Mr. Jeff Hammond, we're going to leave you in charge um, and uh, you guys are going to be on for the next uh, 55 minutes. Well, thank you, Francis. And good morning, Luis. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. And uh, thank you, Francis, for the opportunity in Epa Trade over here. Uh, I really hope we can go over a little bit of cool stuff on the electronic side, right? So the management side of uh, motorsports and mainly engines, right? Well, the cool thing about it is, <clears throat> and I will defer to you really quickly because that's way above my head. I love the technology that your company and companies like yours have brought into the sport, whether it's NASCAR, whether it's IndyCar, whether it's just, you know, the everyday guy who wants to, you know, work on his vehicle and, and make it go a little quicker and, and sound a little bit better. Uh, you guys 
are very much innovative. I've been doing a little research on your company. And like I say, Francis says he's known, known you about your company, you know, for the last 15 years from down in Brazil. I believe you've been in Georgia for the last six years. And um, I mean, like I say, you're doing a lot of exciting things. Uh, I mean, you guys never seem to stand still. I mean, again, on your website, if everybody wants to check this company out, you need to do it. Y'all have got some incredible um, vignettes, I call them. There's little things about what you've been testing and what you've been working on. So let's get started and, you know, tell us about Fuel, uh, Fuel Tech and uh, I'm gonna let you take the bull by the horns. You lead and I'll ask dumb questions along the way and you can give us intelligent answers. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Um, first of all, there's no dumb questions, right? Like uh, dumb is not to make a question. So like it's, it's really important to have that back and forth and we try to interact on a way that we can make sure that we can explain everything regarding fuel tech. And just like you said, this new generation of racing motorsports or just enthusiasts that uh, uh, go over race cars, race bikes, race boats, race tractors, you know, airplanes, whatever, whatever may have either a motor or an engine since we're going towards that electric generation, right? So uh -huh. it doesn't matter which one it is, but where we have some kind of heart that's not an animal, but is propelling something towards the speed, right? Acceleration. So FuelTech's a Brazilian brand. Uh, we have almost 20 years now, and um, we, we always started with the same, uh, uh, keeping the same concept that we carry to today. Anderson Dick found the company back in Brazil on the very south side of Brazil with one goal. Why you need to have some kind of magic black box that would manipulate your engine, right? So back in the day, it was just like an engine management system. Uh, why you need that? Why? Because like, think about 20 years ago, you was like the big, the big blow up on cell phones, right? Why can't you have something that is more like a handheld and something that you can interact easier? Why you need a laptop to interact with your car, right? Why you need more tools since, since you could have that too. And just using as a quick example, this is one of our ECUs, right? The FT600. And this unit, it's not much larger than a cell phone. For sure, it is bigger, it is a little bit heavier because it carries stuff that a cell phone does not have to carry. So this unit has ways to be your dashboard, your data logger device, your fuel management, your timing management, your traction control, your transmission control. So many features, so many items that they used to be black boxes, separate, that wouldn't talk and it wouldn't record anything. And you still would need some kind of computer to interact. So like this, this is pretty much field tech core. Have some kind of electronic that's easy to use, easy to reach on, on your reach, like inside the car or taking outside the car and working at your desk using the USB to power up the unit. You don't need a power supply, your computer do that. And making you more available to work on the car, to understand the car, not to work on the electronics. The electronics are tools, right? So uh, FuelTech try to make electronics that takes less time to analyze data, to change the tune-up, to manipulate power. So you can actually pay more attention 
to the driving, to the track, to the weather condition, because all of that in the end is what it matters. The tools, you just want to make sure that they do what they should be doing. And you just want to tell the tool, do this if this happens. And that's about it. So we try to streamline the whole process of about showing the data for the driver, recording the data for the tuner, and making it quicker to analyze and implement any changes for a future run, a future pass, or if it is a street-able vehicle, oh, I just want to change slightly power management here, make it more docile to drive around. I want to have a valet modes because I'm, I'm just about to drop to a restaurant and I don't want the guy to fooling off my 1,000 horsepower vehicle. You know, yeah. all that stuff we try to do like on your reach, like the ECU carry four tunes on it that you can change with your fingers. You don't need to have something to change it. And, and that makes it easier. Like what I want to do right now is the track better? Can we try to push it? Yeah, a couple clicks and you can have a different tune-up that's a little bit more aggressive. Oh, the track's not that good. Couple clicks take power away. Uh, I'm doing a road race, it's raining. Change the behavior on your traction control. All that stuff. So like on some words, that's what I was thinking that Fiotech is. A company that tries to make electronics not a challenge but a simple tool to be used by anyone that wants to have high performance. You know, Luis, you, you, you're making my brain kind of want to over short circuit to a certain degree because I'm sitting here listening to you. And I realize you mentioned the fact that, you know, the, it's not like an animal. It doesn't have a heart, but we have the engines and everything in there. Those are the hearts of these race cars and, and trucks and tractors, everything you mentioned. What they need is they need that brain. And to me, that's what you guys have are developing and continue to develop is a simplistic way to interface, interact with that heart under the hood yes. and make it get the best performance out of it. And what also I love about it is what you were alluding to with so many of these race series, in particular, even NASCAR and a lot of short tracks, they're eliminating practice. So we don't have a lot of time to do uh, tuning and go through this and, and separate driver input with tuner input. We need it all and we need it now. And your, your products, from what I've been able to understand and read about, they allow you to do that in different levels. And I think it's just fantastic. And, you know, I don't know if you're noticing this or not, but we're, we're getting a lot of questions already from our attendees. And I don't want to ignore them right on the get go. Um, someone from down in, in uh, Brazil is already online saying good morning from Brazil. We've also got an email that came in from, uh, I believe, United Arab, Arab Emirates, and they're wanting to know about, is there a plan to utilize, and this is some uh, lingo that I'm not familiar with, CAN bus communication between other vendor products and OEM to FuelTech with a more handy software interface? Yes, yes. So, like, uh, that, that's actually a pretty good question. Like, uh, uh, nowadays, there's different communications, right? So like we used to be like the older black boxes we only have like some wires going left and right and they would be like either a voltage, either a pulse or something like that. We, we are on a generation that that's, that's not the only way to communicate between products, right? So uh, the question that he just did about 
CanBuzz. So CanBuzz, it's a protocol where you digitally make two products talk that allows more stuff towards a single wire and sometimes quicker, sometimes more information through the same stuff on the same equipment. Uh, and yes, we already use CanBuzz communications to communicate through some of our products and we do read some of uh, different protocols because uh, the canvas can have different languages, right? So let's, let's try to do a quick analogy. The canvas itself would be like just a mouth. It's just talking, but you can have Portuguese, you can have English, you can have Spanish. So you need to understand those somewhat different languages. So if you connect a Fiotech TCU to a Dodge or to a Chevrolet, they will have different uh, words that would mean the same stuff like engine RPM. And nowadays we already can read some of those, not all, but we do have plans on expanding how many different products from different brands or different vehicles can the ECU gather information that you can literally use two wires. That's how CAN communication works, CAN high, CAN low, to obtain that stream of data that wouldn't require you to wire 10, 15, 20, 30 wires. So it's simplified uh, communication. And not just, not just that, we also try to be on top of all new technologies. And we also proceeding towards newer protocols like the SENT protocol that supposedly quicker, faster, can gather more information at the same time and more likely we will slowly replace CANVAS. So we've been working on different stuff, including CANBUS and SENT. Okay, well, Jill Lund would like to know, do you offer any type of pitch or yaw sensor interface for the software and wiring harness applications? Yeah, so like uh, uh, today we have different products, like products when I mean like modules, okay? So electronic modules that they will do something specific, manage something, read a sensor or... Uh, 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 data log, uh, uh, some kind of input that you can uh, retrieve to. But we also have harnesses uh, from the very uh, start, they're just like a connector kit where you can do your own harness from the very scratch, no wire, just pins and connectors, or what we call blank harnesses, where you have flying leads long enough to reach where you want and you just cut to length and put your pins and your connectors on the end. Mm -hmm. And we also have, well, we try to go towards a plug and play solution, but it's not exactly a plug and play solution where uh, uh, you just connect one cable and it runs. Race vehicles and high performance vehicles, they do have like so many small details here and there that we try to not assume that this will be like a complete plug and play solution, but a way that you could in a couple hours, maybe half a day to a day, do a complete install. So that's why we call like a complete harness. Um, we have different levels like the pro harness that have materials that are better for um, fire and chemicals. So we do have different levels and we also have as planned to expand that line. So it makes even easier for the user to try to do install on a quicker way. And for some applications, it's really important to have spares. So to have a spare harness would streamline they, their process of maintenance or uh, on, on, a, on a, an accident or something that may happen on a track 
uh, a small fire, a huge oil leak that you need to replace wire, it would make much easier if you could have like a spare part of the harness or a, a spare whole harness. Okay, so that's, that kind of goes to one of our next questions from, from one of our uh, attendees is the uh, application for multi-stage rallies in extreme environments like the car or like what we saw even in the NASCAR race this past weekend with heavy rains and everything is, uh, yeah, I'm sure you guys, and I think you're addressing that right now, your harnesses are made to uh, be able to withstand a lot of stuff. Yes, yes. So like not just, not just the harness, like uh, the units and we going towards the trend, not all, but most of the units and the most important of the units, they are already IP67 rated or similar. So they will be waterproof, dustproof. Um, they are tested and intend to be used on harsh environments that are hot, under the sun, under extreme vibrations, under incredible high accelerations. So the G-meter, for example, that we use on the unit, it is a G-meter that is tested, proven on vehicles that can pull over four Gs on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. So it's not like a G-meter that you have on your cell phone that if you try to put in a race vehicle, it has so much smoothness that you actually don't see exactly what's going on or you miss the beat on a small nuance that would show something because it actually happened, but that sensor wasn't intended to be used on that harsh environment. So we do that on our products. Uh, harnesses wise is the same way. The only thing that we do not carry today, the motorsport uh, aim, like the higher level motorsport like NASCAR, they actually have harness that are completely developed for that application on smaller batches. There is no 500, 1,000, 2,000 NASCAR vehicles. There are a handful, there are two handfuls. There are some spares, there's a couple seasons, there are older vehicles, but we always try to manufacture something that we can work around higher volumes as a company so it can justify all the engineering that goes behind that. The good thing is we have so many partners they're specialized on doing custom uh, equipment and custom harness that we can easily steer if someone needs a specific application for a low volume. Like I have a rally team that I have two, three, four cars. We will have a solution, not on our shelf, but our, on our database of dealers and partners that would be able to go to your shop or get the cars to their shop and do exactly what they need on a proper time frame that usually a, a, a larger company would take either more time or would cost way more to do on such a small batch. Okay. We're getting a lot more people wanting to you know, say good morning to you. Uh, Mark Moore from uh, calling you from, uh, see where we, where we come on now. If the, we get so many questions right now, they're running off the page on me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and this is something that I personally really please about Fieldtech and Fieldtech USA and Fieldtech Brazil, the mm -hmm. way that we handle things and the way that we naturally do things, Anderson, Anderson mostly in Brazil, me mostly here in the United States, we try to divide what we do. We actually create relationships with the customers because we are car guys. Like I personally race, I personally have my toys. I personally like to wrench stuff. I like to wire stuff on my own. So we are really uh, uh, a close, relate people 
to a regular, the average customer that does that on, on the weekend as a work on a daily basis, it doesn't mm -hmm. matter. Like we get as happy for a day to win a race as we would be right there winning a race. Because that's something that we know that we were slightly involved in that thing, either doing the product or making sure that they would understand how to use the product. But we also would like to be there as a racer. Like we go watch races, you know, like we go and try to help sanctioned bodies uh, doing sponsorships here and there. So the customers do have venues to race and stuff like that. And that creates that close relationship with the customers. All right, like I said before, I'm gonna get caught up here real quick. Mark Moore, he says, morning from Trinidad and Tobango. And is there any chance of not control for a streetcar purpose? And I'm gonna hold right here and say one more thing. Uh, Miles Rieger, he would like to know, does fuel tank make components for motorcycle and power sports applications? So two questions. Okay, so not control. Yes, we did have not control back in the past, like uh, uh, maybe two, three, four or five years ago. And we actually saw a trend going down of the need of not control. So mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that not control is not useful. It is, but it's useful mostly on a situation that you don't have a heavily modified engine. As you get heavier springs, as you need to use a uh, bigger piston to wall clearance, as you have more boost, as you have the motor higher, as you use some different fuels than regular pump gas, the knock management doesn't work as well or is not as reliable. And that's why we slowly steered away from it because the level of usage wasn't that high. But we for sure do have plans on not far from now to try to reincorporate that for some applications that do still see the need and would help lower power stuff, slightly modified vehicles, uh, gasoline, mostly pump gas applications, those vehicles for sure would have, would see some benefit of having knock and control. And we do have something on the works. Uh, about ATVs and motorcycles, yes. Um, as I show you before, this is the 600. This is our top of the line unit, but we also carry two other ECUs on our product line, the FT550 and the FT450. And the FT450 was actually pretty much designed around the usage on a smaller motor and a lighter weight package. The unit it's made on, on a polymer that make is really light. It's still IP67, so waterproof. So you can use on your jet ski, for example. And um, it has the inputs and outputs that work perfectly for a small motor up to four cylinder, like a motorcycle, two cylinder, four cylinder. And uh, we actually have a lot of customers back in Brazil using on small motorcycles, like one cylinder, uh, some ATVs. And here in the US, we even have like top few Harley using our products. So as you can see, even on the smaller and motorcycles, we still can have that, that uh, uh, reach we think top fuel Harley, pretty much the top of the top, the most horsepower you would see on a motorcycle, all the way down to 120 cc's or 50 cc's single cylinder motorcycle. Okay. Uh, Rich Tomei, he'd like to know what happens if and when you reset the ECU and what are, you, are the advantages of doing a reset? Okay. So like a, a resetting ECU, there's no actually a proper go uh, out of the blue, like let me reset the ECU to you know free up some space. You don't have to. 
like uh, the, the ECU is smart enough to only use what it needs to use regarding the features that you have. Mm -hmm. uh, but the thing is, you can lock your ECU, you can put like passwords and stuff. So the car wouldn't even crank without a password. You can have passwords that only block the tune or part of the tune or the whole thing. Then resetting the ECU can be the only way to retrieve ACU that lock and you don't know how you unlock. Like I forgot the tune. Uh, I bought a vehicle from someone else and he locked the tune out. I can only crank, but I want to change my tune up. So on that case, resetting the ECU will be useful because the unit go back to blank and then you can do something. You're making my head spin. You really are. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, I, I mean, I, I just, I love the fact that, like I say, you're, you're, and don't take this the wrong way. You're not just a geek. I mean, a computer geek. You're a gearhead computer geek. You know what I'm saying? Yes. You know this stuff inside and out as far as electronics are concerned, which is, as I said earlier, it's the brain of what we are trying to make run. And an engine in the car, the truck, tractor, don't make any difference. And then you got the guys that are, you know, that, that have got the, the oil and the grit under their fingernails, but you're a blend of both. Again, you know, like I say, it's not, it's not that you can't understand and relate to a driver or to a crew chief or, or to a team engineer that's trying to deal through this stuff. And I, I just, I just, I'm so envious of the fact that, you know, you, it just, it's like, I'm talking to a human engineer and computer at the same time, and you're spitting out all the answers for everything. It's cool. It's super cool. So, you know, when I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm, I'm going to make improvements in my fuel injection in my ECU and everything like that. Can I call you up and ask questions like that? So I know I'm getting the right, whether it's a 600 or the 550 or the 450, the right application for what I own and what I, what I want to improve. Yes. A hundred percent. Um, um, this, this company grew based on tech support, like not, not just the product can deliver the performance that you want, but we support the product that we sell. We stand behind no matter what. So the product being developed across the years since the very first unit until the 600 based on racers requests, like what we do is not what we think is the best for the customer. It's what the customer actually wants. So uh, following that principle, we have as tech support pretty much the largest group inside FuelTech and they can provide tech support. I'm going to say it's almost 24 hours company-wise because we have offices in Brazil, United States and Australia. So we pretty much they overlap each other. If there is an emergency, we can we can keep helping people around, right? And um, we have group of people that they actually race either as a hobby, either professional. So they know what they're saying. They know what they're talking about. And uh, one thing that we start here uh, in the United States is actually we have a, a advanced factory training where we have an in-house dyno uh, as a hub dyno from mainline that actually can hold pretty much any kind of power. And it doesn't matter if you have a road racing vehicle, a street vehicle, or drag racing vehicle. The dyno can be used for anything because you can shift, you can downshift, you can do whatever on the dyno since there is no tire slippage. And on, on this way, it's not a tune shop. You don't call us and like, oh, can I book an appointment to tune my car? We don't do that. The whole plan is 
can you book an appointment to teach me how to use my stuff? Yes, we do. So we can have all that uh, experience and knowledge that we hold regarding the electronics and the race cars and try to share a little bit of that that we know from the whole motorsports environment towards your race application or your street car. It doesn't matter. It can be 200 horses, it can be 5,000 horses. There's no difference. How can it crank quicker? How can I blend between 85 and gasoline? How can I apply six stages of nitrous? How can I run my screw blower to 12,000 RPM? It does not matter. Like we are here to try to assist to all the extents that the knowledge that we hold. And we're gonna be honest, we're gonna help until we can do it because we are not professional tuners. And we also have just like on the wine uh, side of things, we have great people that support Fiotech as a profession, being professional tuners. And those guys, we can easily put together, like someone can call us and we can help to crank the car, to put a base tune up so the car spools if a turbo car, free revs nice if it's naturally aspirated, mm -hmm. but he needs someone to help him at the track. We can find someone to go to the track that's not inside field tech, it's a partner. That that guy works for a living, making sure that the car can perform. And that guy will be hundreds of times better than us to tell how to do it because he wins championships. He races on a daily basis, right? And that's where we try to go. So uh, as much as we can help, we will help. Where we cannot anymore, we will have someone that we can steer you towards to keep progressing, either just to keep teaching and you can go on your own or to become part of your team. Okay, I got a gentleman named Antonio Travaris. He'd like to know, and I would like to know because this kind of gets more into my, my wheelhouse, diesel, diesel application, because I've got a diesel truck and I like to have it where I can tune it up when I'm just wanting to cruise down the road and save a little bit of fuel. But at the same time, when I need to pull, I want to detune it, but yet, and, and not, you know, overwork everything. So when will you guys, or are you going to have anything as far as uh, in the diesel area anytime in the future? Yes. So like uh, diesel have a, a pretty close relationship with direct injection for gasoline uh, uh, motors. And mm -hmm. we have been doing phenomenal progress on the direct injection. So more likely you guys are going to see something regarding direct injection first for regular gasoline motors. And not much later from that, you guys are going to see something regarding diesel. So for sure, we will, we will be releasing some stuff as uh, on our product roadmap. We always have products to be released on, you know, a, a, about two, three months um, uh, span. So different products for different applications, we always try to keep the ball rolling, right? And for sure, diesel and direct injection are within those. Well, I, with this figure, you know, if you're into uh, tractor pulling, according to, you know, what I was able to, you know, read and, and see that you guys have some involvement in that, um, I would say figuring out what it needs to go on my Duramax is not going to be <laughs> that hard to do. Yes, yes. And, and we actually have a Duramax in-house, so that tells you something. Okay. I mean, that means that when you get it right, it's going to be perfect. Yes, yes, yes. Like that's that's something that we work really hard to get it. Like not to have something that's halfway through, something that actually you can apply and go out there and perform. All right. Well, let's just get back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier and about you know fuel tech as a whole. You know, what uh, I want to go back to the hub dyno, you know, training that you just brought up. 
uh, that fascinates me because again, you know, especially when I see that you have the ability and I think it was a C8 uh, Corvette and you're doing hub uh, wheel horsepower, have yes. a thousand wheel horsepower. I mean, it's like, wow. I mean, and you're able to do it and, and it looks like it's so simple that, and you say everybody can, can, can learn how to do it. Yes, yeah. So like, uh, uh, for example, the CA application, that's one of the our in house vehicles that we do a, a bunch of research and development into it. Like, uh, we, we trying we trying to have uh, on a way on the dyno, right, like uh, a safe environment, because like, uh, uh, let's all be honest, like we all like, you know, like fill the pool and do stuff like that. But like, you, you cannot do that on the street. So like, uh, what we try to do is like, we have a safe environment. Uh, to have vehicles here where we can try to test stuff. It doesn't matter if it's just like standing still to an RPM or trying to go through gears or manipulating boost or manipulating nitrous, right? So uh, the dyno is a huge tool that allows us to progress quicker. So we don't need to spend two, three, four, five, ten 10 hours on the day going back and forth from the track and maybe bum out because it starts to rain. Right. So like we can take all those small variables that actually make a huge on the whole pile, weather, suspension, tires away from the equation. And we can focus transmission, fuel, timing and any other solenoids that we're trying to do. So, for example, uh, not long ago, we developed a transmission control for uh, older style transmissions that have the solenoids inside, but electronics outside like mm -hmm for L80s, for L60s, uh, for our uh, 70s, you know, transmissions that people use on hot rods and some racing and street cars. Uh, it, it's really hard to go out there and try to make sure if things shifts, right? And does it shift on the load? Does it shift uphill? Like it's something hard to be done. The dyno allows you to do it right here. You can simulate different loads. You can simulate different stuff. So like uh, on that C8 example, uh, we manipulate port injection over direct injection plus throttle body control plus transmission shifting. There is a bunch of details and it's pretty tough to do that on the street or go to the track to do it, right? So like the dyno allows us to progress quicker when we develop this stuff. Now, with your project, and again, I'm glad, you know, kind of brought it up, the C8 project that you've been working on. Uh, you started, you established, I guess, the horsepower, wheel horsepower, I should say, and then you go to the, to, the drag strip, and you guys start <clears throat> going through the uh, the process of chasing all of what you've already talked about. How the ECU helps with the shifting and, and everything the, the 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 whole nine yards. I mean, you guys started and were trying to get into the nine second bracket, which you were able to accomplish. And Anderson Dick did did a great job. Uh, you know. Of doing, of doing what he needed to do behind the wheel, but I was fascinated by your, your little vignette, how it all worked out, because you could see some of the changes, how it was good, and you could hear it, and then you would also see some of the changes that you were made that didn't work, and you had yes. to go back or, uh, you know, change it a little bit as far as the shift's concerned, because it was shifting too hard, get, you know what I'm saying? Uh, it was just, it was incredible but yet you were able to accomplish everything you set out, including uh, the ability to intermix nitrous into it uh, 
along the way. I mean, I, I'm just that whole project is is to me it's fascinating. Yeah, like, and I, I'm personally really happy about this deal because, like, uh, again, we love what we do, right? So, like, uh, as as car enthusiasts, right? Not just like professionals in the area, but like we really like and enjoy older vehicles or unique vehicles or just brand new release. Like, uh, I'm I was really pleased personally to see my business mentor Anderson and I could kind of mentor him into driving. That was like a personal deal that was really a pleasure to be part of it. And along the way, we were having the C8, that's a completely new platform, but people will try to increase the performance. They, they mm -hmm. buy that thing from Chevy, but they want to go to the track on the weekend and be quicker than a C7 that your maybe your neighbor has turbos on it on a bigger blower. So <laughs> you need to be able to do that. But like newer vehicles have so advanced electronics that's hard to simply change what they have. And on this vehicle, we did, we did a different approach. Let's not change what the car is trying to do. Let's just to go around while we want to behave differently. And whatever we feel like that the car is doing great, leave the car by doing on its own. And that's fine. And we go around and when you manipulate what we're trying to do. So uh, 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 a stock Corvette cannot manipulate huge amounts of boost or nitrous, but we can. So why not that part we, we leave for the FuelTech ECU, the other basic stuff we leave for the OEM ECU. And now you have a car that, you know, you trail to the track and you go over there and you, you make some laps. So just like you see, the car was running like nine second on the quarter, like, like bracket racing, like one after another, you know, just like was a brand new vehicle bought like that. Well, we've been talking a lot about what fuel tech can do. And I think we'd be remiss if we don't take a, a moment and look at this wonderful statement from Gary Lucas. And it says this, Luis, it was great to have met you at Bradenton earlier this year and also appreciate your expertise and advice at the track robots done right team. To be honest, I was a little bit overwhelmed about the flying lead wiring harness. However, the diagrams provided in the book, along with a quick, quick a few quick call to the FuelTech helpline, which everyone I talked with was helpful and very knowledgeable. I have to say, it was not bad at all. Our changes over to our change over to FuelTech this year was easier than I expected, and didn't skip a beat. Currently, in second place with more one, one more position to go. Having onboard reaction time practice tree built right into the FT600 is a true testament that your team has thought about everything. So I think that gentleman right there, Gary, really appreciate you know him taking time uh, to uh, send this and be a part of our attendee today. And everybody out there listening, I think that kind of like you know sums it all up about what you're trying to share with us with one customer, kind of like touching all the bases. Yeah, th thank you, thank you, Gary, for that. Like, uh, and, and you can see on my smile, like we happy when people actually are doing great on their projects. You know, like that's that's what we're here for, right? And uh, and that's that's really cool that he brought up that because that was an idea from a racer. Why the ECU that has like such a nice display beauty? Why the ECU cannot have like a practice tree? That you actually look how cool is that. Like you can oh, yeah. simulate, you right. can simulate your lead. So like, and, and we had so many people that actually after practicing inside the car, ready to go, they looking, they, they on the staging lanes waiting for their turn. They have all the equipment on, 
they're ready to go. That's that moment. Why they will be just sitting around and getting nervous and talking to people about something random? Why they can't just like, okay, let me focus on this. Let me kind of warm up my, my brain to the reaction. And we saw so many people improving and getting the feedback to us, right? And something that was simple. It was just like, hmm, that's, that's not hard to be done. Let's put like some timers on the screen and simulate a tree and drop the light. The guy can play with the rollout and he can choose full tree or pro tree. Boom, you know, a couple calls like, and, and I, I must really uh, say a, something about this. The engineering team on FuelTech, it's unbelievable. Uh, we have some people works on United States on the development team, but the 99% the of coding and board development and stuff, it's made in-house back in Brazil. And mm -hmm. that team, it's unbelievable. We have guys that are with us since the very beginning, almost two decades into this. And they all highly skilled, high knowledgeable. And the same thing, they share that passion of doing the best product as easy as possible for the user to use. You know, you, you mentioned here in the US and we know that y'all do a lot of manufacturing still, I guess, out of Brazil. How, how does that, work i mean do y'all have i mean what's what is the difference between your place in georgia and and brazil the brazil the products that are made in brazil so uh expanding to the united states was was a dream right for mm -hmm. the company like we know that motorsports wise this is the best place to be it does not matter what kind of class it may have some kind of unique class somewhere else that's larger there than the United States. But besides that, most of racing, it is larger and more developed in the United States. So we wanted to come here, but we also understand it's not easy. You know, like the competition is, it's fearful. And uh, there's so many options to buy right there, straight away. You can call a shop, you can go online, you can buy so much stuff. So like we, we made our homework trying to understand what the US market wanted. And we mm -hmm. spent some time doing that and creating a plan how to expand towards the United States. So uh, about six years ago, like you said, me and two other guys, uh, me from Brazil and two, a couple of Americans, we joined our forces to start the office on the United States just to try to do support and sales, right? Because that's pretty much what we need. Everything else was being handling in Brazil. Uh, during those six years, we expand our operation from three guys to almost 30 here in the United States. And in Brazil, we are past 130, doing all the manufacturing, developing sales, and they even do tech support for here because we do have like an internship program where we can bring people from Brazil to here for about two, three months to learn how the market is. And then they go back as a better employee back in Brazil and they still can have people here. And uh, we do have plans on keeping that expansion towards a way that we also manufacture in the United States. It's part of the process, right? So being able to have more support, being able to have more sales, being able to have uh, more inventory. And as there is a point where it doesn't make much sense to just keep bringing stuff, why not manufacturing here? So we also have plans on expanding towards that direction. Well, I think Carlos must be listening down in Brazil because he says FuelTech is a pride for us gearheads Gearhead Brazilians too. So uh, I think that's great. Real quick, Francis uh, just reminded me to remind you that during 
you know, our quick rehearsal, you showed me some data on your computer. Would you like to share that with us and the audience and explain a little bit about it? Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, I, I can do like a quick brief review of the software just so you guys can have an idea. As I show, this is one of the ECUs. You have connectors here. It has a built-in manifold pressure sensor, so you don't need to buy that. And it's really reliable, high boost. You can run like 90 pounds of boost straight there. Uh, touch screen, right? So the unit has touch screen. You can do everything right on the screen. Makes it really easy. But data logging and some small setup, or just because it's a bigger screen, you actually can do on your laptop or on your desk computer. doesn't matter. So I'm going to share over here really quick. This is... Uh, our software. So it's called the FT manager. Right. And as you guys can see, this is just like a field table, right? Uh, on this example, I'm just showing you like a, a naturally aspirated motor that uh, runs with nitrous down the track drag racing application. Um, you can try to show stuff on different ways. So we don't try to make it mandatory for the user to do in our way. So like right now, I can see a tune that's TPS based and you can choose manifold pressure or TPS. So speed density or alpha N. And you also can change from milliseconds based right now to VE related, or you can change to injector duty cycle, or you can change to fuel flow. So if you like to change based on fuel flow because it correlates better with power delivery, you can do right there. If you want to see how much injector use duty cycle you have right there, if you want to see milliseconds because you want to see the pulse width, they all correlated. So you can choose how you want to do it. And, and this is just like the, the tip of the iceberg. So uh, um, it's it's so many features and stuff that I'm not, I'm not going to go over all. I'm just going to go a, a quick glimpse of the software. So uh, all sections are divided by color, like fuel tables. You can see this blue, ignition tables are yellow, other functions green, drag race features red, engine, seg engine settings orange, um, uh, lighter, uh, darker orange sensors and calibration, another green for interface settings. So like, oh, I want to change my shift light points on the ECU right there. I want to do per gear. I want to do shift lights per gear. Pretty simple. My dashboard. Oh, this is a nitrous car. I have a big bottle pressure right on the middle so the user can purge the nitrous before the run, but he still have battery. Uh, it's not a nitrous car anymore. Let me take the bottle pressure and I want to see the G-meter. Let me put a G-meter. Now you can see a G-meter for a drift guy or a road racing vehicle. You send to the ECU, boom right there. Everything that we try to do, it's uh, somewhat naturally coded, let me say. So colors or, or names, so it can be intuitive for the user. Oh, this color is my dashboard. All my dashboard setup is on my light green. The illumination, the backlight, shift light, the alarms, the side LEDs, uh, password for the screen, so nobody can change what I'm doing. Um, do I want to run boost based on bar, PSI, KPA? Uh, do I, my temperature is Fahrenheit, is Celsius? Do I want to do AFR or Lambda? Like all those options are really easy to reach and change as, as you want. And uh, the data logging, it's building on the ECU. So like, let me, let me change this share and let me do another one that's actually the data logger software. So the unit not just manage your vehicle, right? It's not just uh, 
engine management now, like he can shift and he can manipulate power. So it's pretty much like a car controller right now. Uh, this is the same vehicle. This is the same tune-up, but going down the track on drag racing application. Uh, you guys can see how cool it is. It's a nitrous car that you don't short shift. Some, some people have that idea about short shifting. There's different approaches. You can or not, it's up to you. No short shift and we're using timing. Look how quick timing goes up and down. And you can see the values over here. It, they go down to like negative five degrees because these nitro car are run coil on plug. And we using timing manipulation, not dropping holes to manipulate the power. So the motor goes where we want to go. So the tire goes where we want to go. And then the car can perform like we want to do it. So uh, this is pretty much that tune-up down the track. Uh, and it could be turbo. This is a clutch car on a turbo. Uh, one of my friends and partner, Carlos, he races a 10.5 a, a tire car, clutch car, with mm -hmm. a four-cylinder, crazy amount of boost. So like right here, it shows on bar. He likes to do bar, not PSI. So you can see four bars. We, we're talking to about over 60 pounds of boost on this small four-cylinder. Um, this is just like a quick glimpse of about how the beta logger can be. Different groups, different colors. You can change stuff around. You have your EGTs here. You have our FT Spark module monitoring. How is your ignition delivery on real time? You can see it was all nice and smooth down the track. If you have a missing, the FT Spark, our ignition module, will tell if it is regarding the unit. Is the ignition device, is the spark plug? Like you have so much more data to analyze and really easy to reach that you can make your car progress quicker. All right, well, when you brought that up, we had um, somebody ask real quick, how do I switch my log view from Lambada to yeah, alcohol? Lambda. Okay. <laughs> to alcohol. Yeah, so like Lambda, yeah. Lambda is like universal way to talk about O2 sensors, like oxygen okay. sensors that go on the exhaust and try to measure how lean or how rich. So every fuel goes to stoic. So the right amount of fuel for the right amount of air at one, that's the number. But AFR tells how many times air I need over how many times of fuel uh, mass. Wise. So some people are used to AFR, for example, a uh, gas vehicle would run around 12 to 13 AFR, but it's going to run Lambda around 85, 88. Uh, uh, alcohol motor would run four AFR, way different, like a, a, mm -hmm. a third of the number from 12 to four. But Lambda wise will be about 78, 80 maybe. So it's not that far. So some people are used to Lambda, some people are used to uh, AFR. And let me go back then there and I can show some stuff. So on the FT manager, right? You can choose over here under options. So file options. You can choose if your FT manager will follow your ECU value or if it's gonna do whatever I want to see just on the manager. So I can have a client that run Lambda on his car, but I'm used to AFR. So what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna select AFR and I'm not going to follow ECU units. I'm gonna follow the manager. So the FT manager will show me 
AFR even if the user, the customer is running Lambda on his car. So pretty, pretty simple to do that. Pretty smart to be able to do that. Oh, that, that helps so much because again, yeah. we cannot force people to do what we think is right. So like it's the same way for the tuner, the driver, the engine builder. Sometimes when you're dealing and mostly when we're dealing with international people, uh, the engine builder is from Australia the tuner is from United States. They may be used on different ways. Ah, one guy is used to PSI, the other guy is used to bar. How can we make it easier for those two guys to interact? You know, so that's what we try to do there. Yeah. Aaron Van Hale would like to know, what is the, are the key performance factors that you feel differentiate FuelTech from other key competitors in the drag racing market? And I think you just showed some of it right there. Yes, but like it's a good question because in the end, in the end, there's two things that I've seen over those years that make a huge difference. The product that you can rely on. And when I mean rely is the product will do what we what you want the product to do. Okay, because there are products out there, and I'm not going to mention because it doesn't make any sense on mentioning. But those products may randomly do something that you did not ask for. And that's a curveball on managing either power as a driver or power as a tuner that it's so hard to catch that it may throw you on the loop that you cannot get away from. Because the car did something and you will, you always gonna react for the car. So if the car did something, you're gonna think, oh, I need more power here, or I need to take power away. But what if it did something on its own? And that can happen. Electronics can happen. We, we use computers every day. We use laptops and we use cell phones. Sometimes it gets you a blue screen. Sometimes it slows down. Sometimes a software doesn't go on again and you need to update or whatever. That's something that will happen to any kind of electronic. And that's something that we stay on top of ours. Our product will do what you asked for. So how reliable is the product to do what you asked for? It is a major thing. So that's something that we do carry proudly. The product do what you asked for. And number two, we always behind the product, either trying to teach how to use the product properly or to go over and solve some issue because it will happen. It will happen. Nobody's perfect. But how you handle a problem will tell a bunch about you and how can you progress in the future. So if there is a problem that happened for any reason, it was a car that got into a crash, it was a manufacturing issue, it doesn't matter. We will stay behind and we will make it right somehow. We're going to help that customer to go through that problem, that situation, and he will be able to keep performing. So it's not like, for example, uh, sometimes a guy come to us and he called kind of sad already man, I went through a crash and I think the unit's not powering up again. And uh, I just want to check, can you guys fix this for me or this is a brick and now I need to throw it out. They're like, let's send it in. Let's yeah. check. Let's see what we can do. Maybe something easy to fix, but we can do it. You know, so like, and, and, and that's something that means a lot, you know, like you can keep progressing no matter what happened. All right, real quick. We only got a few minutes left here, but Rick Belly was wondering how long will the ECU hold the data logs after a run and will it retain the data after power ups and power shutoffs 
and how are the files named? Yeah, so like uh, the, the ECU has a solid state drive inside, so it does not require power. If you take power away, it will retain the lock. Uh, the actually uh, number of locks, I wouldn't say it's unlimited, but like it's pretty large. So like nobody's gonna have like hundreds and hundreds of locks on the unit, but like uh, the time of the total amount of locks will change a bunch on how high is the rate that you're logging a channel and how many channels you have. So right. it can go three minutes or three hours, depends on how much stuff you're trying to go through the data logging. Well, Luis, all I can say is I have thoroughly enjoyed this time has flown by. And the I think what you and Luis for the Francis came up with along with Judy and the innovations of ECU technology, the future for all forms of motorsports by fuel tech. I think you guys have hit it right on the head because I think the future is bright. It's it's exciting. And I think the thing is that I'm also picking up, it's futuristic. I mean, you guys are already looking on what's coming down the pike and you got more things each and every day that are going on. So uh, well done, young man, your company and everybody involved with FuelTech, uh, you're making it happen. And, and I think that those who tuned in today, uh, you need to tell your friends and, and your buddies and everything like that, you need to pull up the uh, replay of this on Epartrate's uh, you know, library and watch it because you've been outstanding. Thank you for your time. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And thank you guys for the opportunity. And uh, I, I can say you this, like we're just getting started. Uh, absolutely. Now, what a fascinating webinar, Luis. You did a brilliant job. I'm delighted that we finally made it work. <laughs> we tried earlier, couldn't, you know, make it work in the calendar. Which They are busy. They are busy, Jeff. So uh, great job, everyone. Registering on ePARTRADE is easy. Fill out your name, email, phone number, and create a secure password. Next, select your business type. Choose supplier if you're looking to display products or services and connect with buyers. Choose racing business if you're looking to find new parts and connect with suppliers. Choose race team if you own or are a member of a professional racing team. begin typing your company name. We most likely already have your company in our database, which you can select from the drop-down. Then, enter your job title. Choose Claim Company if you'll be editing your company profile. Other members of your company can choose Join Company if they'd like to use ePartrade as well. You can view and agree to our terms of use here. If you'd like to receive our weekly newsletter, choose Accept. Click Register Now, and your registration will be submitted for approval. You'll need to confirm your email once it goes through. To keep our platform industry only, you'll be approved shortly after. If we require additional proof of business, we'll reach out. Welcome to ePartrade.